Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012. And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from Sully Baseball Studio in Pasadena, California, overlooking the historic Rose Bowl. Actually, I'm not inside the studio. I'm sitting outside on a lovely day where it's a little bit breezy, a little bit nice. Uh, it's nice. It's a nice California day. You know, California tends to have nice days. That's why we have California. This is what we do in California. We live on nice days. We like things to be nice. And I'm sitting here, basically, in front of my house. car just drove by. And on this lovely, nice day, I decided to record me a podcast. Hey, I was. this was the podcast I was going to record for Monday before I read about the whole Texas Ranger Toronto Blue Jays, uh, you know, kerfuffle that they had. And uh, I was going to talk about this instead. And so I figured while I'm here, I got my notes prepared. Might as well put this one in the can as well. I, while this is being posted, the Detroit Tigers are playing a series with the Minnesota Twins. I don't know who won the first game. The game hasn't been played yet. And this one will be posted uh, before the second game is played. And in a way, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter what the, what the results of the Monday game are not really going to affect what I'm thinking or feeling about these two franchises right now. And it, it's not going to affect how I, any sort of uh, analysis in terms of what I think these two teams, where I think they are, what I think they should be doing, and how and you know what they should be doing moving forward in this season. Now, I, it's I was brought on to a podcast called Baseball PhD, and this this is my appearance on the show was a classic example of why you can't tape a baseball podcast too far in advance, especially if you're talking about the results and how a team is doing early in the season. At the time, the the Detroit Tigers went on a nice run uh, and were looked like they were starting the month of May in really good shape. And I was brought on to be a guest on the show and so we want to talk about the surprising start of the Detroit Tigers. And I said, oh, sure, I'd be happy to talk about it. And I talk about the Zimmerman signing turned out to be a quality signing. Kinsler was off to a good start. And I said that, you know, uh, Verlander had a better, he had a terrible start, but he had a couple of good starts leading up to that. And I said that, well, they were, you know, they're not getting great contributions from uh, Cabrera, but he was starting to hit. And Victor Martinez is off to his amazing start. And I said that this was a good sign for the Detroit Tigers because they have lots of good quality players on the team with a lot of history and a lot of MVPs and Cy Young Awards and, and, and no-hitters and all sorts of things. And I pointed out that it is a wide-open American League, something I've been saying over and over again. And I said, this is, this is a couple of years where we've had a wide-open American League. I went into last year saying the only two teams that didn't realistically have a chance to make the playoffs were the Astros and the Twins. Well, as it turned out, the Astros did make the playoffs, and the Twins wound up having a winning season. So I said, you know, this was a Tigers team that won the division in 2011, in 2012, in 2013, and 2014. They had a down year in 2015, but the idea of them having a bounce-back season, similar to the Texas Rangers, 
who were a playoff team uh, in 2010, 11, 12, and played a play-in game for the wild card uh, in 2013. So they're obviously a contender. Had a down year in 2014. Everything, oh, it's terrible, it's terrible. They came back and became a playoff team again. So you can have a down year and bounce back, especially when there's a lot of parity in the league. And so I was talking about, you know, who knows? I mean, they would take a look at the Tigers. They certainly are a team that have ability. They certainly are a team that can uh, bounce back and maybe have a good season. I said that, and then my interview was recorded earlier in the week, and it was released on the weekend. And by the time it was released, the Tigers were on a six-game losing streak and spiraling. So if you were listening to it that day, the, the, and you were a Tiger fan, the news was this team is spiraling, it's looking really old, and um, I'm not sure about this year. And you hear, you know, bubblehead Sully going, yeah, well, they're off to such a good start that uh, who knows? Who knows? This could be the team. I don't think it's going to be the team. I think this team reminds me of what happened with the Philadelphia Phillies, and I've said this for a little bit. And the fact of the matter is they are a team that is loaded with long-term contracts. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a Cabrera fan. I think he's a wonderful player. I think he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, Verlander, borderline Hall of Famer. Uh, Jordan Zimmerman, wonderful pitcher. They're going to be stuck with these contracts for a long time. And it's going to be similar to what happened with the Phillies, where the Phillies are just now getting out of it. It took three, it took between 2012, 2013, 2014, 20, basically four years for the Phillies to transform from perennial contender to, eh, I don't know, to, all right, now we've got some young players and there's hope for the future. And I think the Detroit Tigers are in. They have to come to that realization sooner rather than later. They have to come to the realization that some of the players that they have, they have to think about, can we shop these guys? Can we get something for these guys? Because, I mean, look at, could they get something for Annabelle Sanchez? I don't know. Me, you're, you're hoping that people are convinced that this start that he has is an aberration. Uh, I'm going to BaseballReference.com, the single greatest website in the history of the planet Earth. And I'm taking a look at the 2016 Tigers payroll. And, oh, boy. Uh, Miguel Cabrera has signed with the Tigers until the heat death of the universe. Uh, Justin Verlander is signed through 2019. Uh, Justin Upton is signed through 2021. Jordan Zimmerman is signed through 2020. The, the, the main parts of this team are signed through the next presidential election. Okay, uh, with the exception, I mean, Verlander has an option, so maybe he may not be back. But, you know, and then you still have Kinsler signed for a few more years. Annabelle Sanchez is signed for a few more years. Victor Martinez is signed for a few more years. I mean, you really, the next two or three years, there is a tremendous amount of money that is committed to this team. And like what happened with the Phillies, there was a real danger that with all that money committed to the team, that you could take the mentality of, well, geez, well, then we better go for it again. We better go for it again. We better throw something in. We got to throw another log into the fire. As we saw they did with Zimmerman and Upton, threw two more long-term contracts onto the fire. And, you know, Zimmerman may turn out to be a wonderful fit there. Upton may turn out to have some fantastic seasons with the Detroit Tigers. But do you know what? 
they could also turn out to be a catastrophe. And this team just looks kind of old. This does remind me of the Phillies without that world championship. And the thing that's even more disturbing, if you're a Detroit Tiger fan, I before any, you know, this always happens when I talk about a team and I talk critically about a team. That someone from Bless You Boys or someone from some other website that, that loves a team, specific team, is going to say, why do you hate this team? Why do you hate the Detroit Tigers? I don't hate the Detroit Tigers. No, I didn't root for them in 2013. Do you know why? Do you know why? Because I'm a Red Sox fan. And they played the Red Sox. And one of my favorite teams is the Oakland A's. And they played the Oakland A's. All right? I root for them when they played the Yankees. I didn't root for them when they played the San Francisco Giants. I didn't root for them when they played the, Detroit, the, uh, the Texas Rangers. Do you know why? Because the Rangers hadn't won a pennant yet. And I wanted to see them do well. I want to see that. Or no, actually, I got my years mixed up. That was in 2011, or they had one offended before. I, I like that Rangers team. I want to see them do well. I, I have nothing against the Detroit Tigers. I don't. I would like to have seen them win a World Series because I like Verlander. I like Cabrera. I like Leland, you know, when he was there. But the fact of the matter is this. They're not going to win the World Series this year. This is not me talking through a crystal ball. This is me taking a good, long look at this team. There are other teams that are better, in better shape than they are. And they're banking on a lot of veterans having bounced back years. Okay, let me just say, I can't say it definitively. There is a possibility, of course there is. There's a possibility they can go on a great run. There's a possibility that the Chicago White Sox could crash and burn. There's a possibility that the Indians don't get it together. There's the possibility that the Royals have a slump and a downturn. You know, all these things are possible and that the Minnesota Twins continue to stink. I'll get to the Twins in a second. All those things are possible. I don't think they're probable. And the most disturbing thing that I see about the Detroit Tigers at this point, as I'm sitting here in my driveway in Pasadena, is the idea of the Tigers getting older and not getting better. Now, one of the things that's really disturbing, if you're a Tiger fan, is that when you take a look at what's coming up through the system, there are not a lot of blue chippers. There's not a lot of guys you look at and say, okay, that's a franchise player that's coming up. The Michael Fulmers of the world, the Bo Burrows of the world, the Jacoby Joneses of the world, the, the, Chris, the, the Kristen Stewart, who I thought was, the, wasn't that the star of Twilight? Gee whiz, I wonder if that guy's going to get any crap when he gets up to the big leagues. You know, the Spencer Trumbull, great name, great name, Spencer Trumbull. You can see Spencer Trumbull in the Detroit Tiger uniform right now. The problem is he is basically an okay prospect. There are no prospects that they have that are considered to be the top of the line. And this team needs an infusion of youth. And it's going to be very, very hard because they're in that neutral zone. They have stars that are signed to long-term deals. So you can't really look those stars in the eye and say, we're going to blow this team up, but still have the Cabreras and the Venturas and the Uptons and the Zimmermans and the Martinezes of the world being paid giant, huge contracts. 
and you're not going to be able to flip. I mean, with the exception of Zimmerman, you you're and maybe you can f get pennies on the dollar for Cabrera. You're better off just keeping Cabrera and Ventura, uh, 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 Verlander, and saying, "All right, you know, let's hope they get lightning in a bottle." But when you look, take a look at the rest of the team, you know, you have to look at them and say, "Okay, what are we going to do?" I'm going to say a couple things that will piss off some Tiger fans. I think you got to trade Ian Kinsler. I think you may have to look at trading Victor Martinez. Certainly hope that someone thinks that they can straighten out Annabelle Sanchez. And, and that may be risky, but those are all guys with like two-year deals left. Now, you could, if you can't get quality players back for them, then you just keep them. I mean, and say, all right, we're better off keeping them. But I almost think you have to start getting quantity in your farm system. You have to start putting players in there. And you can't sit around and wait. Now, the Phillies, in the end, wound up making decent deals for Rollins and Utley. and made a wonderful trade involving Hamels. It's already, you're already starting to see some of the, uh, the benefits and the rewards being yielded from those deals already on the squad. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year in Philadelphia, but you see they're younger, they're more productive, there's hope for the future. I don't know what's going to happen in Detroit. It could get ugly, and it could get ugly today. I mean, last year you could say, ah, they had a down year. Now you could say, no, 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 that wasn't a down year. That's the years they're going to have now with a top-heavy payroll of unmovable contracts. Move the contracts you can move now. Get the deals you can get now. Get the players you can get now. Before it turns into, oh, we got to get something because their contract's running out. Maybe you can, there are teams out there that need a bat in their infield. Like Kinsler. There are some teams that could use a jolt of offense like Victor Martinez. There are teams that could say, hey, Annabelle Sanchez is a talented player who may be in a rut right now. Maybe a change of scenery and a new pitching coach could be what he needs. But man, oh man, you can't, you can't stick to the status quo here. Look what happened in Philadelphia. At least they won a title. Now, it's funny. I don't have the same diagnosis for the Minnesota Twins, even though they're having a worse season in the standings. I actually don't think a bad season for the Minnesota Twins is the worst thing to happen in the world. Last year, they had a winning season. They had a winning record, and they contended for a wild-card spot for a while, and it was a, it was a fun, feel-good story. Eventually, they ran out of gas, and they, they couldn't really keep up with the Astros and the Yankees, but then again... That also goes to show you that the, you know, the Astros were a team that no one was expecting either. And the fact that they hung in there as long as they did, the Minnesota Twins, was a really good showing for the team. And this year, they, they've been awful. Essentially, this year, they are the team that I thought they were going to be last year. But it may not be the worst thing to happen to this team for a couple of reasons. First of all, having a bunch of young players on this team like they had last year, Go have a surprising season and have a disappointing season. Could be some growing pains in there. Could be some positivity there. Could be a little bit of learning. But what also happens is it takes away the temptation of going for it. Imagine if the Twins got out of the gate, got out of the gate fast. And they'd say, oh, man, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. In fact, let's fill in some of our holes. Let's fill in some of our holes. And they wind up making a deal or two that they wind up regretting later. 
What are the things that the Twins have, and they have a bunch of, is they have a lot of young talent. Jose Barrios is already in the major leagues, top pitching prospects. You know, Byron Buxton is in the minors right now. He's had a couple of cups of coffee in the major leagues. I know there's some Twin fans who are really angry that the Twins are keeping him on the farm for money reasons, for reasons to not kick his service time in. I get that, but do you know what? So what? The, the Cubs played that game with uh, Bryant, and it's probably going to mean an extra year in Chicago for Bryant. The Twins don't always have the deepest pockets in the world, and one of the few times they splurged, they did it on Joe Maurer, which is a deal that, look at Joe Maurer is still a nice player and still a productive hitter, but I'm sure that if they had their, if they had their druthers, they would you know, rather not have that deal right now. But the fact of the matter is if they keep him in the minors, doesn't matter. Have him continue playing well and have him come. He'll be up eventually. Relax. Then you take a look at, you know, Jorge Polanco is in the majors. We're not sure where he's going to play in the infield right now, but he'll play somewhere and he'll fit in somewhere. You have Miguel Sano, who's a terrible fit in right field right now, but he is... You know, he could be a slugger somewhere on the on the squad. You have those young outfielders like Eddie Rosario and Danny Santana, who are talented players. Uh, you know, uh, and Rosario led the league in triples last year. He's, they're not going to lose their talent. They're off to slow starts this year. They're not going to lose their talent. But you take a look at the fact that along with Max Kepler, you have Kepler, Buxton, Rosario, Santana, and Sano. Five outfielders. All of them talented. Buxton is a potential uh, franchise player if he's if all the projections are correct. And you could have an amazingly deep outfield and find yourself in a position kind of like the Cubs found themselves in, where there was an excess and they were able to trade and make room and be able to deal with injuries and deal with downturns. I mean, like they, they had an excess of players. Schwarber get, got hurt. They don't miss a beat. You know, you got to have Nick Gordon as a, a star shortstop and one of the top prospects in the twin system. Probably a year or so away. He's hitting a snot out of the ball right now in single A. But what you see there is you're seeing that the team has a ton of talent. And maybe having a slight downturn one year could mean to a positive upturn the next. Now, if they make it, if they wind up trading away some players and they wind up you know, down the stretch taking an Irvin Santana or a Trevor Plouffe, who are, you know, they're not going to yield them. That's not going to get a superstar player back. But maybe they get a young player. Maybe they get someone who turns into, develops into a relief pitcher arm, who gets, who develops into uh, a, a catcher that they can use. And keep in mind, with all this talent in the system, and them having a little bit of success in 2015, a little bit of a downturn, in 2016, but if they wind up getting one of the top picks in the draft, they could insert another top-quality pitcher into their system. Someone is howling, and I'm not convinced it's not a werewolf in my neighborhood right now. My point is this. This bad season that looks like it's unfolding for the Twins will mean that they can just focus on the just the deluge of potential of the young talent that they have on their squad. And that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing at all. 
to be able to focus their team and focus their squad on taking this tidal wave of talent and making sure it all comes together and develops at the right time. We saw it happen perfectly with the Cubs in 2015, and it's turning into a juggernaut here in 2016. I'm starting to feel a little bit dumb that I didn't pick them to win the division, but you know that's a different podcast altogether. But the Twins are a team that are talented, young, and are essentially developing a potentially terrific team with all the talent that they currently have. And a little bit of growing pains in a year where they're not distracted, but can simply focus on that. Yeah, it may be rough if you're a Twins fan this year, but know what's coming down the pike. And also know that there are teams like the Tigers who are in your division who are not about to have this influx of talent. And that is a very, very good thing if you're a Twins fan. So, this little AL Central talk is over. And I'm about to go away because I'm hearing coyotes and werewolves all over the place. If there's no podcast on Wednesday, I've been eaten. Go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, I'm everywhere. Go to MLBReports.com to see the up-to-date listings of who owned baseball. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Did I already mention you could be old school and send me an email at info at SullyBaseball.com? I can't remember these things anymore. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast. I'm afraid of werewolves. And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. I think they're werewolves. And you can call me Sully. <laughs>